If you stop and think about upserts in an analytical database, you might ask yourself some questions like, wait, why are you doing that? I thought analytics were all about things that have happened in the past and all those things are written into the record of history and immutable. Why would you want to change them? Well, that's a good question. And I've got Navina Ramesh, software engineer who works on Apache Pinot on the show today to talk about upserts and deletes in Pinot. Let's listen in. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Real-Time Analytics Podcast. I am once again your host, Tim Berglund, and I'm joined in the virtual studio today by Navina Ramesh. Navina is a software engineer at StarTree, co-worker of mine, and today we're going to talk about upserts and deletes. Navina, welcome to the show. Hi, Tim. Thanks for having me on the show. It's great to be here. I'm really glad to have you on, and I suspect this will not be the last time. Uh, so okay. <laughs> let's, uh, I, but I guess we'll find out, right? Um, let's get into it. You're working on, I think, delete support recently, but um, yes. I, I, you know, this, this is the Real-Time Analytics Podcast. A lot of listeners sort of know the space. Some right. don't, and it might not be obvious, like, oh, deletes mm-hmm. in a database. Gee, uh, you know, why is that <laughs> worth talking? Turns out to be a hard problem. So it, yeah. Yeah, it's a hard problem in in an analytics DB, right? So for listeners who are new to the space, right? So typically analytical DBs like the columnar DB uh, as Apache Pinot or Druid, um, it's very common to ingest data and put it in place and not actually go back and update them. So data once enters the system is sort of immutable. Uh, Unlike traditional databases like MySQL, where you could add records, and then you could later on go to and update, like update this record and you know modify certain columns in the record. Um, so analytical DBs are not built for those kind of operations, um, which is what makes Pinot very special because Pinot has this feature called upsets mm-hmm. um, that kind of allows you to bring this uh, record level mutability into an analytical DB. Um, yeah. And that is, that is important. And if, if you haven't, thought through that, if you're, you're listening and you haven't thought through that basic distinction, um, you really need to let it land. In a transactional right. database, you can you can record events in a transactional database. It's not like broken right. or anything. You tend to bump into some, some scale and performance limitations, but generally speaking, you are modeling things in the world, right? You, you, a row is the state of a thing. And since right. things change, you have updates, you have deletes. That's just that's, you know, kind of crud over entities is your life okay. in a transactional database. In an analytics database, it's it's subtle, right? Because if you just think of classic examples like sensor readings or clickstream data or something, those are events and they can't ever change. So you can be right. an analytics database where, where everything's immutable if everything is an event because right. events are fundamentally immutable. Mm-hmm. Um, give us an example, though, and, and, and that people bump into that limitation. Mm-hmm. in reasonable ways. So what's an example of a thing that you would reasonably put into Pinot that can change? Right. So um, so let's take an example of like, if you have an application like DoorDash, right? Or Uber, where you have like ride status or order status. So the status of an order kind of changes over time, right? So initially it is, you know, order is just placed and then it is confirmed, and then it is in progress, and then it's delivered. So there are like a couple of these state transitions that happen, and everything is on the same record 
for that order, right? So if you have like an order ID, it's going to be updates on that same order ID. So kind of getting these updates into a traditional database would just involve like updating that row and changing like a status column for it. But if it's an analytical DB and that you want to, let's say you want to look at order analytics, right? Uh, your application, even if it's not analytics, if it's just like doing a real-time user-facing application that wants to look at the real-time status of an order, um, hitting it to a traditional database will first take really long time. I don't think traditional OLTP databases scale for that nope. uh, amount of volume, right? So when you do that in analytical DB, you need to be able to see those state transitions as well. So when I query it, if the order is in progress, I want to be able to get that status. But when it gets completed, I want to be able to see that status in real time. Right. So that means you need to update the same record um, multiple times, right? Yep. So if you didn't have upsets, let's think of the alternative where this didn't exist in an analytical DB. What you would typically do is you would pre-process somewhere uh, like in a Flink or a stream processing pipeline. You would kind of you know, buffer some states and every time there's a state transition, you will have to like dump what is in your analytical DB and kind of re-ingest the whole thing. So, yeah, you don't want right? that. Yeah. yeah. So that's a lot of overhead and that also kind of takes you away from the real-time nature of the data that you have. So, so having a feature like upset kind of makes it a little easier to handle these use cases where you see updates coming in for a certain we call it primary key, but you know certain record identifier. Yeah, I mean um, you have to. Yeah. you have to know what the thing is if it's changing, and you want to. Okay. So that, but there's a there's another thing that um, I guess this this way of thinking of it just occurred to me, and I just want to put it into words, see if mm -hmm. it makes sense. The the trick here is the real time part of things. Okay, yes. so an order is an entity, and I said a minute ago just in my kind of broad way of explaining things, transactional databases are about entities. Right. Um, analytics databases are about events. And kind of the the old-fashioned way of doing it is it's just what what was the state of the entity yesterday? You know, So an order as of yes. yesterday is a thing that inhabits an analytics database. It's just a snapshot from yesterday, and that's good enough. Right. It's just that now we're querying this thing all the time. And that order, yeah. like your meal delivery example, it is changing... Um, slower than the period that we want to go look at it. So yes. the queries we're going to be running are going to be within changes to the state of that thing. And so right. you get you get to this realization that, you know, you start off with this is an analytics database, nothing changes, they're all events, it's all immutable, we love our lives. Because, mm -hmm. you know, immutable things are always better. Um, yeah. But not really anymore, if it's real mm -hmm. time, you really yes. do need upserts if you're going to, it seems like if you're going to credibly call yourself a real-time analytics database, upserts need to enter the picture. Right. Yeah. Um, now, uh, I just want to keep this grounded here. Uh, we I said we were going to talk about deletes, but... Yeah, um, we'll get to that. We'll get to that because I <laughs> yes. I personally like sort of know how upserts work. I can I can mm -hmm. talk through it, but yeah. Um, I bet you know better. and I bet I'll learn some things and I bet our listeners will learn some things. So yeah, how do they work? Yeah. So, so upsets in, um, so Pino is like any other analytical DB, right? The core of it is still immutable. Um, but what Pino does is that we, when you get updates for records, you don't update it in place, but you do kind of add it to some kind of a 
uh, you can think of it as a right ahead log but it's not really a right ahead log but you would think of it like you capture the change um but you don't update it in the original data in place however when you query it the pino engine knows enough metadata to make sure like to get the latest value for a record got right? it um so in in some sense it's not an update in place but it has enough metadata to be able to serve you the latest value for the record cool and uh is it it's latest or you can have it add up values and there're like a few other ways of reconciling the upsert right um yeah so so there are two modes in which we operate so one is the the simplest one is full upsert where what that means is when an update arrives you kind of overwrite all the columns with the latest value right from your incoming record um then you have this other mode which is even more powerful which is called partial upsort um what that allows you to do is like if the update doesn't have um it doesn't have to have updates for all the columns in that record you could just update you know one or two and right. even in that update criteria you could say like i don't want to overwrite but i kind of want to do like a union of values so then i could have you know over time one column if you have like a union that has like an array type then it'll just keep adding to that um so you have different merge strategies at a record level that you can configure right okay yeah um and if you're just changing one column like in your example mm -hmm. which was order status then you could just provide right. that column and okay that makes sense all yeah. right okay so it's it's we keep a list we keep a log of the mutations to that primary key and you have to have a primary key defined in the table schema to to be able to do upsets yeah. and right. on read um we get the right thing yeah it's 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 an easier way to think of it as a a log of changes yeah um although implementation is not exactly that but yeah it's just that pino is smart enough to know like you know what should be returned in the response and what should not so. yeah i was just about to say if it's actually a log gee that doesn't sound like it would run very fast cuz now i've got all no. the <laughs> it's oh, not no. that was just to like conceptually get the idea of like how these updates come and how they materialize in your query exactly and it's funny i have yeah. some slides in a the the longer version of my intro to pino talk cuz like mm -hmm. if i only have 45 minutes i don't talk about upsorts but um well like i'm it's uh July 14th right now as we record this. Next week this will air sometime in August probably, but mm -hmm. uh next week I'm speaking at a conference where the sessions are 90 minutes long. It's really long. Oh, wow. okay. I have time for upsorts there. Yes. And um <laughs> those slides show that log structure, so it's uh Yeah. You know, this is just for us to understand. It's not actually stupid. It's actually fast. Yeah. Um, cool. All right. So, that's the basics of upsorts and mm -hmm. why they matter and yeah, again, once you start thinking about why they're there and yeah. the kinds of things you do it's a game changer for certain use it really is the difference between you can do this with a real time analytics database and you can't yes it's certainly one of a very powerful tools for an analytical db to have because it's it's not i, I wouldn't i haven't seen it elsewhere where an analytical db can actually update things Right. um because that's completely against the whole point of analytics being like fast and real time <laughs> is that you don't change things and yeah obviously it's very fast for you yeah. to unfortunately to the world things. insists on things changing in real time and yes so and the world is also very impatient what it, it is very impatient <laughs> i found um all right so talk to us about deletes that's next yeah. level and that's what you're working on right now so how's that work yeah so deletes is actually the way we've implemented like if you think about it delete is 
a special kind of update, right? It's just saying like, hey, I don't ever want to see this record again right. in my query. So I'm just deleting it from from you know, from my set. Um, so the way we recently implemented that, so previously we didn't have the capability of doing it. So we just took a very simple approach where we kind of do a soft delete. Um, so we make sure that every record has like a dedicated um, Boolean column that we call de delete uh, record marker, right? So if there's ever a case where like, you know, you want to delete a record with that identifier, you just set that Boolean column to be true and it'll not show up in your price. So it's treated as deleted. Um, and the other cool thing with that is like, given how Pino handles like even out of order events, um, I think that was the part that was a little challenging to get right, is that we want to make sure even if events arrive out of order, uh, the state has to be in the correct time order. So let's say you received a delete, but you received an older update later on, that key should not show up again. Um, so guaranteeing that is actually more tricky than implementing delete itself. Uh, it sort of piggybacks on the existing upsert mechanism. So where do we get the time from? Because I know I know there's a time column, but if you're deleting, yeah, how's that? Yeah, like I, I so, can imagine how to order mutations, but I don't know how to order correct. deletes with respect to other mutations. Correct. So in uh, in a partial, uh, sorry, in an upsert table in mm -hmm. Pino, you typically have like this uh, comparison column definition. Like in your configuration, you can specify like I want you to use this column in my record as a comparison value. So it can be not just one column, but it could actually be multiple columns, uh, as long as they are comparable types. Sure. Um, and in the lack of that definition in the configuration, you will just default to your time column that exists. Okay. Um, so then you would use that to compare and see, like, is the latest value that I have in, in my uh, current data set and the record that's arriving, if it is older than that, right, then you, you do not... You still keep it in your data store in, in Pino, but you do not show that in your results. It's no longer readable. Yes. Okay. Okay. If it's less in, in the comparison of the two comparable types, if it's less mm -hmm. than, then it, it, that, that makes sense. So if you, if you have not a timestamp, but you happen to have a monotonically increasing integer lying around right. that you can access and okay, gotcha. Yeah. And of course on the application side, things like time and concurrently accessible monotonically increasing integers are their own it's, podcast episode and their yeah, own horrible, horrible their things. own topic. <laughs> right, right. Um, but we'll just yeah. say, that's right. The application provides those and it's great. Yeah. Right. Yeah. <laughs> and I, I mean, that's always the case with time. I, I mean, that's, that's not even an upsert or a delete thing. That's just what time is it? And, and, you know, Hey, yeah. there's a time field. And if you've got independent processes that are performing, uh, Rights, then, um, yeah, they may not all agree on what time it is. That's that's a that's yeah. a known problem. Yeah, I think time itself deserves its own podcast. Like it, it, it has so many complications, uh, especially in stream processing. Uh -huh. I think um, that's one of one of the common. I would say it's a little it's a little bit hard to reason right in in these scenarios where you're trying to reason out is my update ordering correct. And you kind of have to look into the data versus instead of just like the arrival time. If it was just arrival time, that would be great. Um, but it's not the case all the time. So. It is not the case. Yeah, that is yeah. A very difficult. In general, in any distributed system, the question of uh, now is sort of a mm -hmm. fuzzy 
concept. Right. What, what, right. Is, what is that? Uh, everybody yeah. kind of has their own little view of what now means. <laughs> that's true. Um, and that's kind of at the root of a lot of the hard problems. Uh, what has been, is, is there anything, your, your description of this is very straightforward. Um, mm-hmm. And it sounds like engineering and, you know, turning the crank on yeah. everything to make it work. Has there been anything about it that's been particularly thorny? Is it, is it straightforward to implement? What's it been like you as the engineer working on it? Yeah. So in terms of implementing, I think it's just the ordering guarantees. And uh, what I think was one of the challenges there was like we, so I mentioned before, like how absurd maintain some metadata to make sure that it knows which is the latest record, right? Um, but with deletes, you kind of need to have a little bit more metadata than what you originally stored to say like, okay, this is this is the latest value, but it is deleted or not. So there are two different um, states to maintain. Um, that kind of makes it a little tricky because uh, that means you're increasing your overhead uh, on like how much metadata you maintain for a table. Uh-huh. Um, and I think for now it is, it's a little bit of an increase. I think there's still a little bit scope for improvement on how we can optimize it, but um, it gets the functionality working. Uh, we do have some other improvements to ensure that the overhead is lower uh, in terms of metadata. So typically today, Absurd has metadata in memory. Ah, so okay. anything in memory can start overflowing, right? So mm-hmm. um, at Startree, we have a solution which uses Offheap to manage that metadata. So at least you do not um, come down crashing and burning. Right, right. <laughs> so, so we kind of, hoping to leverage the same model even for the new metadata that, that is introduced now. So and that should help things, keep things going. Awesome. Uh, but that was the tricky part, to make sure that the overhead wasn't excessive just to introduce this feature. Right, right. That uh, that makes sense. Tell us, uh, in terms of what's available, is it open source Apache Pino? What, what parts are like Star Trek Cloud? Yeah. What's, what's in open source and when? Is this all right. pre-release? Yeah. Right. So the delete functionality is in open source. Um, so any upsert table in Apache Pino should be able to enable this feature. Okay. Um, currently, it is pre-release in the sense that it's in the latest in the uh, Git repo, but it's not. It will be in the upcoming release. Okay. Uh, but if you're curious, you can always you know build from source and <laughs> pick it up. Absolutely. Um, yeah. And as far as the um, upserts and offheap upsert support. That's already been released uh, with Startree. Um, I forget the version, but it's been there for at least nine months, maybe. Ah, yeah. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. All right. What is next? Uh, yeah, I guess optimizations. Yeah. Is it, or it seems like we're nearing, nearing completion with the feature. Yeah. So delete for itself is complete. I think what was very exciting with, uh, the introduction of delete is like, what are the other use cases that we can now support, right? So a very straightforward thing that we think of is uh, CDC use cases. So CDC use cases is where you do change data capture, uh-huh. right? So for folks who are not familiar, like there are frameworks like Debezium that capture all the changes from different data t- data sources. Uh, could be MySQL, MongoDB, and kind of publish the stream of changes in a standard format. Um, so at Startly, we have a decoder that's dedicated for Debezium, right? To be able to read the changes and kind of materialize that data into Pinot table. So with deletes, we kind of complete 
uh, all the operations that's like all the event types that Debezium has. So that they create, update, delete, uh, and reach snapshot. So all of this we can support, which means we now have a path to go from OLTP to OLAP in real time. So you can have your OLTP database, but you can also in real time materialize it in your OLAP CNO tables. That's amazing. So now we've got, before it was uh, CDC, as long as you didn't do deletes, now it's just CDC. Yes, that's right. Well, my guest today has been Navina Ramesh. Navina, thanks for being a part of the Real Time Analytics Podcast. Yeah, thanks for having me, Tim. It's been a pleasure. And there you have it. If you feel compelled to help us spread the word and grow the Real Time Analytics community, you can give us a rating on Spotify or Apple Podcasts or wherever fine podcasts are sold. If you're watching us on YouTube, hey, subscribe and of course, hit that notification bell. And you can always share your favorite episodes on LinkedIn or Twitter or wherever it is you do social media. Thanks, and I look forward to talking to you in the next episode.